Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Tuesday, July 14th, 2020. I'm Shannon, and I'm here with Stacy and Sarah. And there are a lot of things that we could talk about tonight. We could talk about <laughs> Broadway musicals, which we were doing before we started to record. <laughs> we could talk about Egyptian artifacts, which we also were before <laughs> we started recording. But we will not talk to you about any of these things because this is a podcast about books. So today's topic is the romances of our youth. Now don't get excited. It doesn't mean we're going to talk to you about like all of the crushes we had on people when we were in (laughs) high school. Um, I'm just not sure that'd be very interesting, but we will talk to you about some of the romances that we read in our early romance reading days. Romances that you just, there's nothing quite like these anymore. And it's sad. So before we get into it, though, I have the usual housekeeping information for you. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. And we will just get started. So this will be more of a free-flowing discussion rather than summaries of specific books just kind of talking about so many of the things that we loved as young romance readers so for me my very first romance that I can actually like pin down and name as like the romance novel that I read first was Velvet Angel (gasps) by Jude Devereaux you didn't so read them in order. order. No, no, because I got it from the library. And they sent me Velvet Song and Velvet Angel. And so I read Velvet Angel first, and then I read Velvet Song. So these were, you know, the Jude Devereaux medieval novels. Um, and I was hooked. So then I eventually read The Velvet Promise, which is actually the first book. Yes. And then I read the second one. Was actually Highland the last Velvet. One. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I didn't like that one. I didn't like I, that one as much. It's um, interesting, though. Like it. It's interesting that Jude Devereaux was your first foray into romance as like adult romances because yes. the first romance that Sarah and I ever read was what, Sarah? The Duchess oh. by Jude Devereaux. Oh, yes. oh my God. And like we loved it and it was like Claire. So, Claire and Trevelyan. Claire Willoughby. Yes. And, yes. And Trevelyan. But this was, when we read The Duchess, we were not even quite 13, which I shudder because I have a son who's 12, so I wouldn't I want him re- <laughs> reading these books. But I remember reading it in my room in the summertime um, before my 13th birthday. And what I didn't realize was, first of all, that it was like an adult book. And second of all, it was abridged. So oh. it was, so for people who don't know, abridged books were audio books where they took out like vast amounts of plots. Huge yes. Vast. So like if you were reading it on cassette back in the day, the Duchess should have been like eight cassettes, but it was only two. Two. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'll we thought never... Trevelyan was so old. He was 33. And I was like, oh my God, that's my dad's age. That's really <laughs> old. And now we're like. In our 40s, and now we, yeah, we don't find 33 um, 
old. Quite so old. I no. was a similar age. I think I got Velvet Angel like the fall of my eighth grade year because I remember coming home from school and having it there and I was just like laying on my bed and I was like, wow. So um, did your mom know the content in Velvet no. Angel? <laughs> no. <laughs> we we mom, never told our mom either. <laughs> my mom is not a reader. Um, no one in my family aside from my paternal grandmother is really much of a reader. So my mom never really knew a lot about what I read. Now, I'm sure if I went to her and said, well, mom, you know, I'm reading these books and these people are having like all kinds of sex. They're supposed <laughs> to be eating dinner. And now they just like had sex and made a big mess of all this food. <laughs> um, I don't think she would have been a big fan of that. But I'm not sure that she really knew that like the library was not always as conscientious as perhaps it might have been um, and would give you pretty much like whatever, um, even if you were like 12 or 13 and reading, you know, your first sort of grown up sort of romances. I, yes. I mean, they, the librarians checked out the Duchess to us, like what Stacy, like three times. Oh, probably. Oh my God. It was so hot. And then the other one that we read right around that time was Paradise by Judith McNaught. Again, abridged. So two cassettes for that huge epic of a book. Um, And, you know, I think then like for like during our eighth grade year, I think we kind of went back to more young adult for a little while. Um, Ah, But those were the first two. We got them within the same summer. Yeah. And like it, Honestly, we could have read Paradise first. I don't know. But in my mind, and ever since I was young, The The Duchess Duchess is the first romance we ever read. And, like, Trevelyan is still – I mean, I'm sure he's, like, a giant, like – I don't want to say what he probably is. Like, now – Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and, like, now, but, like, at the time, it was, like, oh, like, he's dark. He's scarred. He's mysterious. He doesn't, like – it's still one of the, like the most sexy parts in a book when um, he gets his like malaria flare yes. up and she has to take care of him. And, oh, oh yes, yes. My first Judith McNaught was um, almost heaven. Oh. <laughs> so I, I got to hang out with Elizabeth, um, who I was really, really loved. Ian Cameron was that Ian, his name? Yes. She, was she yes. like Elizabeth Wakefield? And no, 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 that's no, no. Valley High. something Valley. wonderful. No, you're thinking of something wonderful. His name was Jordan Wakefield. Oh, 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 oh. That yeah, was Elizabeth. Alexandra, who was Alexandra. Elizabeth's friend. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Well, in almost heaven, I think I was, well, I was at least a freshman. We were maybe sophomores. a sophomore, and I read that book, and I was she reading woke the me part. Up. I was reading the part where she's trying to cook for him. And I was reading on audio, of course. And the narrator says, and he began to chew his coffee. And I had this complete, (laughs) like, out loud laughing attack in the middle of the night. And, like, Sarah's yelling at me, like, Stace, be quiet. I'm like, I'm sorry, because we shared a room at the time. I'm like, I just can't. Like, this is so funny. And then, of course, she read it and had the same reaction. But um, I didn't wake her up, though. Almost Heaven, I would say, was not my favorite Judith McNaught, though. No. Um, I liked Once and Always. That was my very oh, favorite. Oh, I love yes. Once and Always. Something Wonderful I liked at the time. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to think of, like, what we grew up on, you know, in terms of But you know what's interesting? Old if I If I read Once and Always now or a couple of the other, like, historicals from back in the day, like, the first time um, – like the yeah, first it was rapey. Scene. It, it was, was rapey. Like they said no. Like I, right. I would hope that I would still like it now because I love the book, but I don't know if I would like it now. There's a part know. of me that is like really torn about that. Like I would sometimes really like to go back and sort of revisit the Duchess or the Raider. Um, also, oh, I do Temptress. So yes, so many of those, and yet I worry sometimes that if I do, 
like, what if I don't <clears throat> love them the way I used to? And what if it sort of like ruins the nostalgia for you? Like, oh my yes. God, the yes. magic. You have to have the magic. Like, I mean, when I think of romance, even to this day, I think of Judith McNaught and Jude Devereaux. Like, those are the two that, like, really stand out for me in, like, my young romance reading adventures and my, like, not even knowing necessarily that it was romance, just knowing that I liked that kind of book. Like, whatever kind of book it was. Yes. So I know for me, the one that sticks out in terms of, like, that really sort of told me that, like, these were actually books for adults that I was reading instead of just sort of the normal, you know, like, other stuff I read was when I read Secret Fire by Joanna Lindsay. And it's set in, in Russia, I believe. And this woman is somehow, like, taken captive by, oh, like, this they- Russian prince. And he gives her some kind of drug, which is, like, not good now. Like, we don't want people to drugging people now. But whatever it was he gave her, she was just, like, so aroused yes, and she's I talking this about now. like the sheet like against her skin was like totally the like, turning like, her on and I had yes. never read anything like that before like I'd read you know sex scenes in other you know in other books but nothing that was quite as I don't know like overtly erotic I guess or like yeah. intended to be erotic so that one kind of stands out to me as like, wow, you know, I've actually moved into like the books that like, adults read. I don't know what, I don't remember having like a defining moment, but I mean, we like plowed through all of Joanna Lindsay's backlist. Oh. Like everything we, I mean, everything we could get our hands on, we read all, of all the, the Mallory family novels. Oh. Yeah, but like all the harem yes. ones and like oh, God. Yeah, there were the, harem like, ones. going to like the silk tents in the desert, like all these different, yes. I mean, things now that I would not touch with like a 10 foot pole. I mean, I would have stayed far away. So go away. And like at the time, like it was so, there was like that one about the girl named Chantal who ended up in the harem. And like, so and she, they called her, they called yes. her Shahar. Yes. yes. And, um, you know, so I we read all those, but my favorite Joanna Lindsay is Once a Princess. Tatiana, oh, Tanya, princess. the the uh, the Western saloon singer girl who ended up being yes. a princess. And she and, goes to this like fictional country. <laughs> yeah. I also yeah. really like the companion novel to that, which I think is You Belong to Me. Oh, I didn't you know, the one about Vasily? Vasily yes. and like the no, I that wasn't You Belong to Oh, was it You Belong to Me? I thought I that was the was. one about Kimber. No. Oh my God! Is, so many. Uh, say you love me. That's a oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Sorry. Different. Yeah. But then, I, if then, we talk about books like that, we have yes. to. We have to talk about Kathleen E. Woodwiss. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. The Wolf and the Dove. The Wolf and the Dove is so amazing. I actually saw on Goodreads, and it made me so happy that someone that I follow on Goodreads was reading The Wolf and the Dove for the first time. <gasps> and oh. again, like, I don't know that I could or would because again, yeah. it's that kind of, um, it's kind of, yeah. It's like a, like the sort of stereotypical bodice ripper that people talk about now as being, you know, not very no. politically correct and that sort of offend our more modern liberal like decent sort of sensibilities um but I was really happy to see that somebody who was a really avid like reader of today's romance was actually going back and delving into some of the more like classic romance books like Kathleen E. Woodowis and so she read The Wolf and the Dove and that just made me really really happy What's the I other one? It better than the flame and the flower. I like the wolf and the dove better. Oh, the flame and the I flower. I didn't like the flame and the flower that much. Our best friends in college loved the flame and the flower. I really I, liked it too. I like the whole like 
uh, shipboard romance. Yeah. Like and there's like a little bit of like pirates. Um, in much the same way, I liked that trilogy by Julie Garwood that had like Lion's Bride, <gasps> oh, and Angel, Guardian Angel, Angel. and, uh, and the, was gift. It the Gift. Yes. Well, I loved. So our first Julie Garwood was for the Roses. Yes. Um, yeah. It's like the best and that to me is so book. classic found family yes. and. Yes. What I find interesting, and I, I haven't read it since I was like, I don't know, 17, 16. And so I can't tell you now if it's done properly, but she did use some diversity in terms of her character. She did have true. an African-American character and oh, he did get right. Adam, Adam. Yeah. and like the one pink rose, one red rose, like those books, you know, he got his happily ever after and I don't know if it is considered to be like an appropriate book now, but it was so, it was the first time I ever in my life read about a black character getting a happily ever after. And that sounds so terrible because it was like the mid nineties, but that's why that book stood out to me because it was like a diverse group of homeless boys who take in this white ends up being like this, you know, um, noble woman like aristocratic aristocratic (laughs) yeah but they don't know and they rescue her and keep her safe and you know it was just a really like i i used to love those old west kind of books um and that to me charming oh Oh, charming charming was that one i think prince charming i think is my favorite jude Devereux, but no um, julie garwood Oh, sorry, Julie Garwood, and then Saving Grace is right up there with those two. Oh, Saving Grace Saving was Grace. so good. Yes, I love Saving Grace, and I don't usually like kind of like the Scottish Highland romances. Oh, but I used to not, love them. They weren't so prevalent as they are now, like back no. then. And I feel like they were something rewarding to read, and now it's like can't turn around in the bookstore without bumping into one, you know, like they're right, everywhere. There's like so many of them, like yeah. these long series of them. Yeah. But I love Saving Grace. I loved The Secret also by Julie Garwood, which was the other kind of That highly... had a lot of like midwifery stuff in it. Like yeah. The birthing stool and like. Oh yeah. The birthing it... stool. I would not like the birthing stool. So The Secret and then there was one. It. Let's see. The Secret and then the one about the Ranthatic. No, yeah, the ransom. I didn't ever finish that one. Jillian, I think, was the woman, um, which I always Braddock? thought was like, yes, Brand Braddock's. Always thought that like Jillian was a really weird name for like a historical kind of Scottish book, but that's okay. <laughs> well, it's like Kingdom of Dreams by Judith McNaught. Her name was Jennifer. Jenny. Yeah, Jenny. Jennifer. <laughs> But I don't know. But I, I used to love that. Um, I, I really felt like Julie Garwood could tell a really good story. And, um, you know, I don't know. For the Roses was like our introduction to her. And, or was Prince Charming, Sarah? I thought it was For the Roses. Um, well, For the Roses we read, was first, I think. Prince Charming was an abridged book. Yeah. And so even if we read it first, it didn't make a huge impression like For the Roses. For the Roses was like, Everything. Before the Roses is amazing. Prince Charming, the unabridged book, was yes. amazing as well. Yes, um, it was and, the perfect, like, Old West. Like, like adventure. Snooty, like, British woman comes to America, and she's, like, living, you know, on the prairie. And, like, trying Lady to rescue Taylor. Yes. Lady Taylor. And yes. what about like, um, did you read the Linda, Linda Lale Miller books back in the day? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. All of her historicals. Um, yes. Yankee people wife. Liked, people Yankee really like to eat food off of other people in yes, they her do. books, I felt like. in the Not anymore, but back in the early 90s. But I haven't read any of hers recently. Like, no, I, I haven't was, either. They're all Western kind of now. I've I haven't read any in like bit. 10 years nostalgic like when I see her name yes because she actually read I she actually wrote my very first kind of like paranormal romance which is yes. like a vampire trilogy for all eternity or was that what it was called yeah um, eternity yes no, yes yeah for all eternity till the end of time and oh, forever in the night oh, oh yes that's the, the one night. I'm thinking of yes forever yes. Night is the first one 
And you Me know, too. back when we were first starting in romance, like there just wasn't a lot of paranormal. Like you didn't see no. vampires and witches. Like you saw some kind of like wise women and some of the like older historicals, but not witches in kind of the paranormal context that we see them now. Um, no. and so I and really loved her vampire books. Same with time travel. She wrote a couple yes. time travel and I feel like, and those were exciting to read. You know, oh back my, then, cause there was just love. not a, oh yeah. Beyond and, the threshold. Yes. Beyond yes. the threshold. She had some really yes. good books, really clever. I really, really liked Linda Lale Miller. I just, um, and she actually wrote, um, I mean, it's been like maybe 15 years ago now, but it was still so good. It was, um, was it the vow? Is that what it was? Oh, called? the vow. Oh. But Annabelle. Annabelle. Yes, and he, and he called her, her Miss bathtub. Annabelle. Yes, he built and, the, and the flush and the flush toilet. Flush toilet, and, and they it, and it was fr- so beautiful of a book. I just I loved that book, and I love uh, her. Um, the contemporary that she wrote. It was the first time I read a contemporary by her. It took place in the outback in yes. Australia. Oh, what was the that legacy? called? Legacy. 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 Yeah. Well, so good. You, if we're gonna, did you guys I, do Fern Michaels, like her historicals? So um, I tried brief, her. I didn't brief, like oh. a lot of her historicals. I remember I read For All Their Lives by Fern Michaels. Oh, I love that book. And the Vietnam I was book. so angry. Oh, the ending. I, I thought for sure she was going to end up with, was his name Mac or Malcolm? Mac. Or, I, Mac. Mac. And she ended up with Luke and like, she wasn't happy. And like, I was so, it was the first time I ever felt betrayed by a book, like betrayed by an ending. And it was that book. And like, I just, oh. I didn't know what to do. And, you know, cause I did not at the time, this is so bad, but like when I was in high school, I felt like, oh my God, they should only have like one partner in a book. And I like it best when the women are virgins. Cause I was a virgin at the time. And like, I just, I felt like that was the way it should be. And so when, what was her name? Was it Casey? That Casey. Was Casey. When, it was when Casey. Casey had a couple different, very meaningful romances, I didn't know what to do with that. Like, mm-hmm. and the book should have been more educational to me than it was, but I just assumed because she was with Mac first, that that would That's be the man, that that would be, she'd ultimately make her way back to him at the end. Um, you know, she wrote like the the secret splendor. Um, oh, God. Captive secrets. Captives. Those um, are some of the best piratey books. There was like, like a Jaspar and Pilar, like some birds or something. The hawks. Or, like, were they, hawks. The hawks. Gaspar yes. and Pilar. I think. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> then there was that girl, but she was really bad. She was the pirate. What was her name? Oh, oh she wasn't so, bad. She was lovely. The no, siren. No. 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 Yes. The siren. siren. No, Serena. her name was like Leah or, oh, what was oh, her name? Oh, the person that was like impersonating Serena? Like, yes. Mm-hmm. So her, yeah. she was very bad. She killed a couple she, men and yes, she, she was. Did. did you ever read Shannon, any Jennifer Blake? Yes. Oh, Jennifer Blake. Her historic, like Perfume of Paradise and. Um, and this one that's about oh. like Napoleon. I loved the book about Napoleon, like how they got him to this island for a while. Oh, God, yes, I don't remember. I oh. can't remember what it's called. And there was the one where um, well, there was like Spanish Serenade and there oh, was like, yes. you yes. know, back when she was writing all the historicals and she started writing contemporaries like um, Shameless. Oh, Shameless. Early college. Oh, wait, I liked Shameless. There was one that I didn't like. Joy Shameless, I did. Yes. Yes, I did not like Joy and Anger, but I did really love Shameless. That's I that was more our college years because, like, it was when that Shameless sort of the, though. Shameless was early college. It was around okay. our sophomore year. It was yes, so it was still. Yeah. It was right when we started liking like country and Garth Brooks at the time because I feel like he sang Garth Brooks songs like in his like makeshift. Um, oh, like, yes. like, didn't he build a whole thing of like sticks or something that he retreated to? He or? had like some yeah. kind of a place. I don't remember. Like, he I was liked... a veteran, right? From Vietnam. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. No, I, I think it, no, was... it was the Gulf, the Gulf War, I think. Oh was yeah. It... Yeah. yeah this book was in the been... early nineties. Right. And the Gulf War would have been like going on at that point. And I know that we've talked about her recently because I'm going to talk about in, 
another episode, I'm going to wax poetic about the Black Swan of Paris. But oh, Karen both were, Yes, like her. Yes. Early, oh my God! In high school, we read like After Midnight and um, Oh yes. One summer. And oh, what summer. summer? Oh my God, that was the creepiest the whole, book. It's like reincarnation thing was like so. Oh, the whole thing like, was cr- like creepy. the possession and the reincarnation. I loved it a lot. But, like, she used um, to write all these, like, um, she wrote one called, like, um, it had heaven in the title, and it was the only time not yeah, I ever read heaven. a book about, like, um, in the, like, 17th century United States, right? Like, yes. it was, like, 1680, wait, no, wait, I'm saying it wrong. Wait, what would that have been? I'm so bad. It was, like, in the no, 1600s. Right. Yeah, and it was just such a, like... I mean, it was, I've never read a book that took place like in the colonies at that time. And his name was like Matthew or Matt. And her name was like, was it Caroline? Wasn't he like a pastor? Was he a pastor? No, but this book was about, it was in the time of the, um, oh my God, why am I so, I'm like, I've lost my words. Like when, um, like witch burning. Yeah, witch burning, but like, so it was a very religious, um, Puritans, Puritan society. And it was fascinating to read a book about this woman and this man who were from such different cultures who kind of came together in this book. Um, and that was so, my first Karen Robards. I don't want this whole episode to be about historical romance, but do you know, there is one author that I read in late high school, early college, um, who then I've read again multiple times. I've gone back and reread all of the books that I read back then. Laura Kinsale. Oh. Has, her historicals, you could read one of her historicals today, right this minute, and not be like, Do you like, remember Whoa. how we like almost cried in the bookstore because we found that My Sweet Folly had come out in paperback? It was not it yet available, available in audio. Oh, oh. God. Tooth oh. above the batch. Tooth yes. above the batch. And I then, love Laura can feel. Oh, and, and Prince of Midnight. and um, But, you know, oh, I never just, read Flowers from the Storm until, like, um, I want to say, well, you know how she brought some of her books to Audible? Um, with um, Yes, with Nicholas, Nicholas Bolton. Bolton. Oh, he's amazing. amazing. Flowers Great. from the Storm was not available um, in audio back in the day from, like, no, the, it was not. the blind library. So I never the read it until library. recently the library for the blind, but like, I, I never read that, but it's still, it held up to the test of time for me. Like that was one of the most amazing books that Prince of Midnight. Um, oh, I didn't was... like her medieval as well. I didn't like oh, the first I one for, um, my, for lady's my lady's heart, heart but I loved, oh, I loved, it. I loved when I read, um, years later, I, I read, um, oh, the second one about, um, oh my God. Oh, the, the kid in the Juliet. <gasps> Yes, and I can't think of his name right now. Um, it was a sequel to that, and it was so amazing, but I read that, like, probably 15 years ago, and she got some flack for writing it because there was sort of, like, some... Um, like, angry like sex? BDSM. Kind of- yeah. yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Rigoletto. Rigoletto was his name. Yes. And um, I loved that book so much, and I'm blanking on the name. Did you read it, Shannon? I'm, I did blanking. read it. I, I love her. I do not remember the name of that book. I read a bunch of hers, like kind of right in a row. Shadow and so Heart. all of their, yes. Yes. And so all of her titles kind of run together for me. So I want so, to talk about one more author before we like bid go historicals to farewell for a bit. Okay. But I really fell hard for Catherine Coulter. <gasps> I was going to say that with the Sherbrooks. Yes, the Sherbrooks. Like, I was, so I'm always, like, a huge lover of cats. Like, that's just one of my, um, I don't know, sort of, like, signature things. And I loved that these people in these books had cat races. And they could actually <laughs> convince cats to race for them. I forgot about the cat races. Yes. And oh I thought God, that was I'm racing like, cats. <laughs> yes. And these people, like, had these big, like, groups of cats that they trained to race. And they would all, like, go out to this track, like, on somebody's property. And race their cats. And these cats would race. And I just were thinking, like, wow. I I wonder, um, what was the second 
so the Sherbrooke Bride was the first one. And then what was the one where they were in like Jamaica or something? The Hellion, say Bride. The Hellion Bride and then the Heiress and, Bride. And the Heiress Bride and the Scottish Bride. The Scottish Bride was so good too. Sinjin, right? Nope, Sinjin that was, was the, the Heiress, Heiress Bride. Bride. Oh, the Heiress Bride. I Remember I, the Sherbrooke Bride though? Uh, je ne vais pas à Paris avec mon mère. Mon mari. Mère! mère. And she yells like, mère. I'm not going to Paris with my husband. Shit! And like, that's what she yells when the killer is coming after her. But I don't remember why she screamed that um, in the Sherbrooke Bride. Either. But all of her women had like enormous breasts in those books. Yes, they did. And I'm like, <laughs> but yes, they did. Like size they- two figures with these enormous chests. Yes. Like the generous Earl Brandella, it, it, they turned it into the Duke. Like they re-released the book years later, but. Um, oh yeah, it did become the Duke. Yes. So there was that one. And then there was, I think Alex and the Sherbrooke bride had the giant boobs like that. Seriously. I'm like, where? And, um, but she wrote such her cousin or her sister, Melisande. Melisande was not a nice person. I think that was her sister. And they like had a fight like over the Douglas guy. Oh yes. Didn't she end up with Anthony (laughs) though? Some guy named Anthony, Melisande and Anthony. I I think she ended up. Yeah, I think they I ended think. up figuring that out because I feel like she had children then, Melisande. No, she did. A beautiful Melisande. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm choking but on I, nothing. She wrote some great, like she wrote all these Viking romances back in the day. Do you remember those? Oh my those? God, I love the Viking romances. Midnight oh. Sun. Yeah, yeah but again, there was some rapey, rapey stuff in there too. Oh yeah. And he got her a slave collar. Yeah. And then um, Hawkfell Island, that was so oh. good too. Yes, there were Lord of Raven's Peak, Lord of Hawkeye yes. Island. Yes, Catherine Coulter. So I followed Catherine Coulter into sort of her contemporary, like, romantic Sherbrooke? suspense. Yes. No. I'm sorry, not Sherbrooke. I'm Lacey and Sherlock. Is Lacey I'm and Sh- Sherlock. Yes. I'm sorry, Sherlock. Savage. And- yes. Savage and Sherlock. Yep. And I really enjoyed, like, her first, I would say, six or seven, like, FBI. Yeah, me um, too. Very series. clever. Yes. That series is still going on, like the 24th or 25th is coming out at the end of this month. I, um, and I don't read them anymore. No. Um, but sometimes, again, I, I think about it, like, what if I did? So um, I read The Maze when I was I 19. Thought, do you think we could go yes. back now and reread The Maze and still be okay with it? Or do you think it'd be I don't weird know. now? It was so scary. I remember being 19 years old. I had just broken my ankle. I was stuck in bed and it was a really hot summer right before my sophomore year of college. And I read the maze and I mean, I I still remember it. I mean, I've read so many books, things really blur together for me after a while, but the killer in the maze, they called him the string killer because they they made a maze out of string. And it's, I mean, this is like over 20 years ago and I still remember the string killer. And And he was like horrifying. And I feel like that was my first real like romantic suspense book with Lacey and Savage. And I just, I loved it so much. And then there were a few more that came out and they were just so good. But then after a while- Yeah, something cold. The cold. The cold. That was the very first book where you see Dylan Savage. I read the maze before the cove because I didn't know he was in this town with like all these creepy like senior citizens who were like super (gasps) oh yeah twisted and evil. Um, it was like not a great place to be. But you know, I, I look at these when I see them. You know, when I'm making the list for like our monthly picks episodes and things like that. And I see Catherine Coulter and I'm always like, oh, you know, I wonder again, like how, especially since this series is still going on, like I wonder how she's carried it forward and like what they're like now. Um, when you see her compare. name, when you see yes. her name, do you feel like that nostalgic? Like, oh, yes. Like, yes. Like I think of the Sherbrooks and yes. Like Mad Jack. Um, Mad Jack, yeah. Yes, I love Mad Jack. So I, but I always wonder, like, you know, how would it be? Because there are authors that I read a long time ago that I still read now, namely like Nora Roberts, Sandra Brown. Um, and their books, oh. 
like, you know, we've talked about Nora before. Um, in fact, a whole episode about Nora Roberts. But her books kind of move forward in time. Like, they, there are some that have a very sort of contemporary feel, like for today. And then there yes. are other ones that are a little dated, but still, like, really excellent. And I kind of wonder if Catherine Coulter would be the same way. Like, if I picked up this 24th book when it comes out at the end you, of this month, like, what If you do, would that will be? you tell me? Yeah, tell I will. me what you think. I will. I don't know, like, really, if I will. It's something I always think about, but I never do it. I'm just like, oh, what if I read this? Like, how would that be? <laughs> so Sandra Brown for me. So Karen Robards, Nora Roberts, Sandra Brown, Sandra Catherine Brown. Coulter. Those are like the four big like romantic suspense books, like the authors that I used to no, read. No, Jane Ann Krentz? Oh, 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 Jane Ann Krentz. Yes, yes, oh. yes, yes. And I started reading her in high school. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll get to her in a second because I feel like she needs to be like in a different like discussion, I mean, not discussion, but you know, like I want to talk about her separately because, um, I feel like in the nineties, she really stood out with like her zany characters. Um, but I feel like, um, Sandra Brown, I don't really read a lot of Sandra Brown anymore because, um, I just, I don't read a lot of romantic suspense, but I think if I picked up envy right now today, envy, Oh my gosh. Like, I think that, um, I would just, it would be like no time had passed. I would not feel like it was a dated book. I mean, I'll just, I'll never forget that book was so intense for me. I love Envy. I also really love Fat Tuesday. Like, I oh, love I the do. New Orleans setting. Yes. And this really creepy thing about somebody being eaten by a crocodile. Oh, yes, um, I remember. Oh, like alligator, shoved. right? I can't remember. I always get alligator. alligators and crocodiles confused. Alligator, it's it's in the swamps in New Orleans, so it'd be an alligator. Okay, so it's an alligator. I don't know. Some big animal with a lot of teeth that lives <laughs> in the swamp. And like they shoved some guy. Yes. Like a bad person, like off of off the dock. Yes, right? and he went into the swamp. And then you see, like, the head of the alligator, like, coming up. And you know that, like, this guy is just gone. Yeah, I love Sandra Brown. I, I don't read her either because I don't like, um, like, the suspense and stuff like that. But Envy, Fat Tuesday, Unspoken. Unspeakable. Oh, Unspoken. Unspeakable, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> With uh, the woman who's deaf. And, yes. again, I felt like for when they released that book, Really good book with it was a huge. person with, with a, a character disability. With a disability, like that yes. I never read. And, yeah, I, I felt the and same. And it was way. a mystery, like a suspense with a person with a disability. So, like, there was that element of danger that you don't often see, even today, when you're talking right. about disabled characters. Like, they're not often in that kind of like peril. Right. Um, the switch. Which oh, with the, the twins. Book about oh, twins. Yeah, yes. I didn't love that one because it was about twins and I, I had a hard time. That was with the that first, one, that was the that first, was our one first read. Sandra Brown we ever read was The Switch. Oh, okay. Yep. Yes. I um, remember when that came out. Um, and actually, I think that was one of the very first books that Natalia and I ever talked about. Oh, really? Um, the back, Switch? Yes. Like back when she and I were first um, getting to know each other, like, 12 years ago now. Um, well, you know, when she was like 15, which right. is like still yes. super weird to me. <laughs> um, and I always felt like I was like so much older than her. Cause I was like in my like mid twenties and she's like a teenager. Um, well, before we like get away from like, before we talk about like Jane and Krentz and stuff, I just want to say, did, were either of you like influenced by the gothics Madeline Brent. Yeah. Oh, Madeline Brent. Victoria Holt is amazing. Is oh, yes. Yeah. But Victoria um, Holt has some weird stuff, but she also has just some really great, like great. classic stuff. Like the yeah. book about Marie Antoinette will always I didn't read be, that one. Oh, The Queen's Confession. It's like her diary. And so it's this like Ooh. very like personal look into what 
Marie Antoinette's like mind, you know, might have, might have shown us. And it was like, she was recounting her life as she was like this really young girl, you know, married to the Dauphin and sent to France and all the ways in which that just sort of imploded and, you know, takes you right up to when she's taken prisoner um, during the revolution. And that was really the first like French revolution book that I, that wasn't like the classic. Yes. Cause like, you know, Les Mis, for example, is like the obvious like classic Les Mis book, you know, about the French revolution, but um, I could never read that book. Um, It was long and I felt like the writing was very dry and kind of inaccessible. Ponderous. So yes. So my sort of introduction to the French revolution was through Victoria Holt, who didn't write all that many historicals. Like most of hers were the kind of Gothic, like they had, they were supposed to be more contemporary. Like they were written, you know, set kind like of in, this... in the time that she was writing them, mm-hmm. like in the 1960s, 1970s. Um, but yes, I did read a lot of those. Phyllis what about like Barbara Michaels? Oh, oh Barbara gosh, like Michaels. The Wizard's Daughter. Oh, yes. Boulder Dash. What about like, um, say that the and then like something bad happens? I can't remember. Yes, like what he happened? Had somebody but... hypnotized when he would say that's Boulder Dash, and then he would somebody. Yeah, but then was they would hypnotized. do something. They, something yes. would happen. Yes, but I can't remember what it would be. What's the one where they think there's a selkie? Does it have the word rain oh in it? Oh my god! No, that is um, wait for what will come. Oh, that was that oh. my favorite. Stacey, we read that on Christmas Eve. We got oh. that. We, the first time we read a Barbara Michaels book was on Christmas Eve. And wasn't wow. Barbara Michaels Elizabeth Peters? Yes. You know, I think that's true. It is so, true. So she wrote like Crocodile in a Sandbank, all of the Amelia, Amelia Peabody mysteries. And we yes, loved which I've those. never read. In oh. high school, oh, we were obsessed with Amelia Peabody mysteries. And Ramsey was that her husband's her, name? What was no her, her son's Ramsey? Her husband's name was oh, I could have just said it till you just oh Emerson. No, Emerson. yeah, Emerson. Emerson was her husband. Emerson. Oh, there was because that was her last name. Was that her uh, Amelia Peabody Emerson? But I think he went by Emerson. I think she called him Emerson. Oh my God, those books were so good. And like, how about like all the old, um, um, Mary, um, Oh, Mary Stewart. Oh, touch not the cat. I never liked those. Maybe oh. that's why because it says touch not the cat. And I think you should always touch cats. I don't know. I just, oh. I never, I tried to read her. Um, Oh, the pet, the stormy petrol, I think was one oh, that, that I read. Oh, that was I, dumb. That wasn't a good one. That was one of her newer ones actually. And then I read, Oh, oh, Touch Not the Cat. I, I the read that Ivy book. Tree. In, I read Touch Not the Cat in Braille. Yep. Oh, wow. And I just, I could not, st- I mean, and I don't, I didn't read a lot of books in Braille in high school. And I, I mean, it's just so funny, like how much I read now. And I, I mean, I love the books I read now and I have so many that I love, but I have so many like very strong, like never to forget memories of like reading these books from high school, like sitting in the like our little den or our office in our house um there was a desk like a built-in desk under these shelves and i sat there like for hours after school like every day and read touch not the cat in braille i used to read braille like big braille books i would sit my parents had this like open staircase that led up to their bedroom and You'd sit on the stairs. Yes. I would just sit and like kind of lean my back. Like I would be like sideways on the stairs and I would like lean my, lean my back up against the wall. And I would just be kind of like sprawled across these stairs with like these huge Braille books. Oh, Oh, that were kind of like draped, you know, across your your stomach. stomach. Yes. And I would be like that, you know, forever. And like my dad would come home from work and he'd be like, you know, can you, um, get off of the <laughs> stairs you so I can actually like use them to go up. And I was like, Oh, oh no, okay. it's, it's like my, my little reading perch. Like I, I don't really want to move. Well, um, like what about like, I read a lot of things there. 
I read that book. It was Madeline Brent. It was the book about the circus, like the, um, the oh, trapeze. Um, I wish I could remember what that book was called. I know, but like she oh. wrote like Tregaren's daughter and Moonraker's bride. And, yes. Um, oh, oh Tregaren's daughter. Circus book. I, I'm like, I'm blanking, but it was like, I, was her name Chantel in the, in the trapeze? No. Chantel, no. Of, Chantel was, was a different it? one. Um, but there was like a trapeze and like, Oh, I, I cannot, I'll have to go back and look at all of her books. And, and, and then say do you read the book where Michi was, an, was a, uh, well, in the book, I don't know if this is actually appropriate um, to what to call someone now, but in the book, they called her an Aborigine and she oh, yes, was in I Australia and then yes. she went to England and she became Meg and then they had to go back to Australia and she had to revert back to like her like Michi days and like get these people through like the outback and like. Oh my God, those books were so yes. good. Madeline Brent is so excellent. I feel like you don't hear a lot about her, like when people are talking about, you know, again, kind of these like classic gothic romances. Um, that's not oh, a name that you hear, even though I think you, you should. Sadly, I think a lot of her stuff has gone out of print. And so for oh. people who never got the chance. I think that's part of what makes me sad about a lot of the romances that we grew up reading. Like a lot of these authors aren't alive anymore. Like we lost Joanna Lindsay pretty recently. Um, Rosemary Rogers, who I didn't love for like things that she wrote, Mm -hmm. but I admired her for being, you know, one of the very first like sweeping historical authors who we're not afraid to write about women's pleasure. Um, and so like she's gone now. Patrice Small is gone. Um, like a lot of these authors that we grew up reading either have passed away or aren't writing. But like Joe Beverly is gone. Um, oh, sad. And she wasn't that, very old. No, but that just like messed with me. And a lot of these books that we're talking about, I don't know how available they are. Like libraries and stuff still have them. But a lot of stuff I don't know. Like if you go to Kindle. I mean, or, would people now even think about reading like Madeline Brent or Phyllis Whitney or like. I don't know. Like Victoria in so Holt. Many ways, I hope so. Like I would really like. I mean, obviously if like gothics aren't someone's thing, then probably not. Mm-hmm. But if you like some of the like gothic novels that are written today you know, I feel like some of these people that we're just talking about were sort of foundational in creating that genre and really perfected the whole like spooky house and dark and stormy nights, mysterious. Yes. Yes. And like super creepy relatives that like, you don't really understand how they relate to you. And are they like, do they like you or do they want to kill you? Like, you can't, you don't really know who to trust. I think so much of that writing is, um, like, so much of today's writing hinges on some of that stuff. And I wish I that people could, or would even, I don't know that they can't, but I would really like to encourage people who maybe didn't, um, grow up reading some of these things, you know, to go back and even just pick like a Madeline Brent book, if you can find one or a Phyllis Whitney book. Um, I know Phyllis Whitney, some of her stuff has been put out um, an ebook. Oh, really? Yes. And so, you know, if you do like your public library, um, you might be able to find some of them there, but I just, I highly recommend some of these things, even if you, read them and you recognize them as being problematic for like our knowledge today. I think to read them and understand that these were books that up until that point weren't being written and were sort of the forays into romance, which eventually kind of evolved into women's fiction and really gave women a place to talk about, you know, some of their like desires and fantasies. Agreed. But then we've talked so much about like all the historicals and like the gothics, but what about like the early Jane Ann Krentz, um, like trust me and, um, 
what's my favorite one called about um, the woman who owns the inn and the guy named Max Fortune that comes to stay? Uh, well, oh, Grand, Grand Perf- Passion. Grand, Grand Passion. Passion. Perfect Partners. Hidden Talents. Yes. Oh, gosh. And they were so, like, just, you could not. like these new agey heroines. And yes. these really, like, stuffy, kind of, like, businessy heroes. But, like, back in the Oliver, 90s. Oliver Rain. Well, um, Oliver Annie, Rain. Oh, Oliver and Annie. Hearts. Um, Hearts. Wildest something Hearts. Hearts. Wildest Hearts. But oh. back in, back in, like, early Jane Ann Krentz, it wasn't, like, the word kitschy is not the word I want. But, like, the zany was, yes. like, clever zany. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't Absolutely always, like... positively, I think. Yes! Like, that was the most so clever. good. Yes. 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 And it was interesting because, like, now, I mean, you get all of these more, like, kind of, quote, like, a new age heroine would not be anything that would be out of the ordinary now. And you no, wouldn't like even her, call it new age. But a know, lot of 30, her characters are still new age. But yes, back right. in the day... It was so like unique, like they're. I hate to say back in the day, like ooh, back in the day, but yeah, you know, so it was so low. right? But I mean, it was like, just like it's, granola eating, like whole food, sort of more yes. vegetarian. I mean, all somebody, these things that somebody slept in a swinging bed, like yes, all they these. Did. Yes, like or they lived like in these homes that were more self-sustaining and things that people didn't do back then. Right, that like a lot that of the people that about. I knew in real life, like people didn't live like that. You didn't go to all these like, oh, today we will go to a workshop on lucid dreaming. <laughs> um, it's just like not what we do. I came to her originally through her Amanda Quick, like historicals. And so did we. I read her Jane Ann Krentz books. Um, and I have kept up with her a little bit better than I have with some other people. Um, but still, I haven't read her in quite a while, and I kind of want to pick up her Arcane Society books that kind of, some of them are written under the Amanda Quick name as like historical Arcane mm-hmm. Society, and then some are written as Jane Ann Krentz. And I really like that idea of like the society carrying over like throughout history. I read a few of the Arcane Society novels, and they were quite good. I want to go back and reread Amanda Quick um Ravish. Yes. I'm afraid that it would not work for me now, so I'm afraid to, but Yeah, I think that guy like in the cave. Yes, in the caves and like he was all scarred up. His name was Gideon. Gideon. I feel like the beast of Blackthorn Hall and her name was Harriet. Harriet Harriet. Pomeroy, I think. Harriet Pomeroy. And she was like very like studious and Yes. Like intellectual. And, you know, I feel like Jane Ann Krentz was the first um, author that I read. Um, and I know she writes under Amanda Quick, but when she wrote um, contemporary or historically, the historical novels, her character, her female characters were strong and interesting. They weren't all like the beautiful flower. Like they were. Right. They had interests like, you know, that Harriet, I think was like an archaeologist or something. Yes. Like, they had identities that went beyond just being, like, the lady of the manor or... Looking for the, the servant man. girl. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, the impoverished, you know, relative, like, living as, like, the companion to her very pampered, you know, rich cousin or yes. whatever. They were all zany. Not just um, Jane Ann Krentz, but Amanda Quick's characters as well. They weren't, like, yes. traditional female role. Um, I have someone that we have never, ever referenced on a podcast that I brought oh. up to Stacey today while we were talking about this episode. And I kind of screamed. She okay. screamed because she forgot. Did you ever read books when you were younger by MMK? So Death in Cyprus. There's, there's one, Death. something about like the wind. Well, there's the oh. Far Pavilion. There's um, oh, oh. Like trade winds, Wind, trade winds, or trade, trade winds. winds. Yes, so that, that one was, I like, read. An epic, sweeping, like epic novel. And she wrote yes. some like historically like, so ones, long. very long. And then she wrote like was it the lots Ruby about like or India, the, 
India yes, and yes. China. Yeah. But her like death in Contem- books. Yeah. Her like contemporary to like to her times, so maybe like the 1940s, 1950s, 1960s. And they were these like, murdery mysteries very clever that took place in different locales like death in the animus uh death in cyprus death in berlin Um, so those i didn't read but i did read um that trade winds book um but i never read the death in death in cyprus was death in cyprus oh and again i'm telling you i read so many books i and you know this from me being on the podcast i don't always articulate the characters names i i can't always remember their names but like back like from my romance of my youth time like stacy and i were talking today about the death in books like death in cyprus their names were amanda darrington and stephen howard and then like death in the andamans that was copper randall Oh, yes. I, and his name was his name Nick Stacy Nick. It was Nick something. And they were like these really clever mysteries that took place like in different places. And like Death in Cyprus, part of the murder took place. Like they they went on a big ship together. Instead of like flying over to Greece, they did oh. like a ship crossing and so from England to Greece. And then, yes. so part of it took place, like, on this big, like, on the ship. like ocean liner. Ocean and liner. Part of, it, yep. part of it took place in Greece. And it was, like, so, like, interesting. And, you know, we thought that the characters were, like, so independent and cool that they were doing these, like, ship, you know, these sea crossings and these, mm-hmm. like, you know, traveling to interesting places. And there was this part in Death in Berlin She's on a train and she's going, she's going like from one part of Germany to another on this train. And it's like a overnight train where they have like the sleeping cars. Oh, the sleepers. Yes. And she yes. found a dead person. So she's walking down oh. the train car and like the train is like clickety clacking and all she can think is this little rhyme. And it's like, Miranda Brand has blood on her blood hand. Her Miranda hand. Bland- Brand has blood on her hand. And it's just like these crazy, like... <laughs> I don't know if they would even be remotely interesting now, but oh my god, we love them. Know. They were so like the places were so unique and interesting, and you know, just like the cultures were interesting, and you know, they're always like these intrepid young heroines who solve the day and have great romances and but in Zanzibar. Oh yeah, Death in Zanzibar. Yes. So we are running long here um so unfortunately we are going to have to wrap this up here pretty soon but i'm wondering what each of you think of like why is it that you think that these books have endured for us like into our adulthood where we have such clear memories of them even if they are things that we wouldn't read now and we know like i said that we know that they're problematic we know that like we don't want necessarily to read books about like raping and drugging and abducting (laughs) but what about these books sort of keeps them as kind of treasured like parts of our past that we enjoy kind of revisiting um you know when we're able to just sit back and like remember all the things that we've read I think for me oh oh, sorry sir you go first (laughs) go first Stace Okay. I think for me, you know, these were the books that kind of shaped some of my sort of foundation of what I like to read now. So like, I wouldn't necessarily want to read a historical romance about this whole family that's manipulating a young woman. Um, no, but, probably not. but Trevelyan to me from the Duchess is like my idea of like the dark and brooding hero. And like, even now, um, even though it's not a conscious thing, I know that I look for aspects of that feeling I got when I read about Trevelyan and like him being sort of like naked and feverish in this bed and like oh, yes. what it made me feel like at the time. Like and I the look scars. for that, the scars, so like scars. It, it was very thrilling to me. So like when I when I read now, I look for the Trevelyan heroes because he was what created my love of like the dark and brooding sort of hero, um, tortured hero. Yeah. And like, I, I think for me, like all those, I like the, like 
the strong heroines. You read about these women that overcame like some crazy shit that we wouldn't write about now, but you know, that was so fascinating to read about. And so I guess for me, I just, I think back to being that young and that impressionable and how I wouldn't question anything. I would just sink into the story and completely lose myself in these like exotic places and like crazy things that were happening in these books, but I could completely get lost. And I'm always looking for that feeling now of just sinking in and losing some hours and finding like something to romanticize either a place or or a, a hero or a heroine that makes me feel really like, Oh God, she was kick-ass, you know? And so for me, that's kind of what I remember now is like how I felt reading some of these like epic romances back in the day. And obviously they made an impression because we can talk about them all these years later. Again, even if it's not a book that we would want to necessarily pick up and read now, that feeling that it gave us to, to read that book and to sink into that story is something that's really never, ever gone away. You know, I mean, when I I would totally agree with that, like Mm -hmm. when you say an author's name, Shannon, like none of this was planned, like a lot of the same authors for us. I mean, there's, yes, you know, there's so many more that we haven't even like Kathleen Eagle and so many more that we haven't even, I know, I know we could just go on all day, but you know, and I think a lot of authors that we read now are amazing authors, but I wonder like, for let's say, let's talk about like 15, 16, 17 year olds. Now something that they read, will they look back in 20 years and really think that that book shaped like their whole like reading life experience or like the foundation of a genre. I mean, I feel like you read some of the foundations of the genre. Yes. Yes. And I don't know, like, I feel like for young adults now, there are so many more options than like we had, we had as yeah. young adults. So like, if you want something exotic, if you want something thrilling, there it's are all there. so, right. There's so many more like age appropriate, age appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> things. <laughs> um, and I find, you know, that there's so much young adult that I, that I love. And so my hope is, and I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm not a parent. I don't have like nieces and nephews. Um, so I don't really know a lot about, especially how teenage girls are reading um, these days, but I hope that however it is, I hope that they will have, if not, you know, memories of the same books that we do, but the same type of deep love of the things that they're reading and the things that are kind of shaping who they will be as readers. And that 20 years after they read it, they're going to remember where they were and how it felt and like just that like dreamy feeling they felt when they read that book. Right. I mean, we see it like with Harry Potter and how many people like Natalia, like I was an adult, you know, when Harry Potter was was coming, but like Natalia, um, who in a lot of ways grew up with Harry Potter like those books are far more influential for her than they ever were for me. Like I enjoyed them and I'm glad that I read them, but I don't have like the deep attachment to them that some of the people do who actually like grew up with those characters and who were reading those books and really relating to some of the struggles that the characters were having like in, in this school and in this world. So I'm guessing, you know, if, if we see that with books like Harry Potter, then Twilight. it's my hope. <laughs> oh, Twilight. <laughs> like if we see I that. I never read it. I, no, I read like seven chapters of it. And I was like, this is like, I, I don't even know. I read like, this is, like this is like the opposite <laughs> of like anything that I would want like my teenage daughter to be just like kind of mooning around after this. Like Stacy read it, Sarah <laughs> well, but, I know, but like, what is going to give young, like, readers right. of our of our age when we were talking about these books, what will give them this feeling, like, down the road? And it's it's hard right. to know. We don't know, but I hope that whatever it is that they're reading, that they can come back, you know, twenty years from now, and like have a similar conversation to this one, and actually say, like, this is what I read, and this is what I loved, and this is why. 
like 20 years from now, I'm I never still forgot. reading. Right. And I'm yep. still reading things that evoke similar feelings. Feelings. But hopefully what they're reading has a bit more diversity than what we had, you know, back <laughs> right? in the day. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's, I think, you know, there are some definite strides. Um, there's a long way to go, but there are some definite strides. Because, I mean, I see, like, as we're talking about this, like, we have talked pretty much exclusively, I think, about white authors. White authors. Mm-hmm. And looking at my shelves of books that I have read now, like, that's no longer the case, but as a teenager, yes, um, as a white middle-class teenager, that is a lot of what I had access to. That's what was presented to me as, you know, something that I could read. And so mm-hmm. I did. Okay. So this could go on for quite a long time. Another hour. It, <laughs> yes, but probably it shouldn't because I don't think people you don't want to hear that much about like all of the, as Natalia would say, like rape-tastic um, <laughs> books that we grew up with. And we didn't even talk about Clan of the Cave Bear. No. <laughs> oh, Clan of the Cave Bear. And oh you didn't God. talk about your um, Bertrice Small books either. Oh, Bertrice Small. Oh, where everyone's like sold into slavery, which is like a right. terrible thing. And yet, like I actually reread Bertrice Small, like when she died. I went back and reread some of her Sky O'Malley books and it made me like so happy, but I also like cringed so hard at like some of these things. Um, But yes, I did actually reread those and I was so sad when she died. Like, I don't know why I was so sad because it's not like it, it's not like she impacts me like in my daily life, (laughs) but I was just like really devastated that she was no longer in the world. There were no more Sky O'Malley books to be written. No, ever. no Sky O'Malley. All right. So I want to say thank you to Stacy and Sarah for sharing some awesome bookish memories with me. We grew up as, as teenagers in roughly, you know, the same, um, the same time. So we read so many of the same things. And I think that's part of what makes this episode so cool is like this kind of joint journeying back to the beginning of our like romance reading um as always thanks goes out to christine for all of her editing especially in these free-flowing episodes where things get a little tangential and and (laughs) odd sometimes (laughs) and thank you so much to all of you who join us each week as we talk about the books and the authors we love we appreciate you immensely If you would like to let us know your thoughts, you can do that by leaving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform you use to access the show. And not only does it allow us to see your feedback, but it also helps other book lovers to find us, which is a great thing. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with more bookish fabulousness. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more discussion of great books. Take care, everybody.